to you now. Um, just bear with me. There is a beautiful light that came at Christmas time. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. You know, I've just come back from Melbourne um, celebrating one of our Christmases. I don't know about you, but there's a few that we celebrate. And I have to say that the world is in darkness. The world does not recognise the light. It's overwhelming. And yet we have the light that lives in us. And we've got to let that light shine, shine for Jesus, because he came. So, and even though the darkness does not understand it, there was a man who was sent from John, from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Are you getting goosebumps yet? He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out saying, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but, only, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. What a wonderful scripture. And we praise God for our Lord Jesus Christ and the fact that he chose to come to earth and be known to us. What a glorious way to celebrate today and Christmas. And we also have a number more celebrations we have tonight, everyone, and uh, it's going to be a carol service. So I'd really encourage you, you know, Christmas is such a wonderful time for Christians to come together and worship and pay homage to the light that came into the world. So if you only go to one service on a Sunday, why not come to two today? Come tonight to the carol service. That's at 630 and then we have our service on Christmas Day at 9 o'clock and Jonathan will be speaking 
on the gift of peace. That's at nine this coming Sunday, uh, this coming Christmas Day on Tuesday. Next Sunday at 10 a.m., we have Graham Smith, Reverend Dr. Graham Smith, speaking here at the 10 a.m. service. So that's going to be fantastic for all of us that. Um, had the privilege to sit under Graham's teaching and he'll be here next Sunday morning. There will be no evening service next Sunday evening as opposed to what you may have read in the um, newspaper. Also, a lot to remember, but this Christmas morning, Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock, you will have received in your bulletin some information um, from the Baptist um, Union grab this one about our Christmas appeal. What we want you to do is to go home, take the envelope home with you today and when you come Christmas morning, please, this will be a special offering we'll take up, please give generously to aid those all around the world that are less fortunate than ourselves. We have Brian Wicks here today too, and congratulations, Brian, you are made the uh, Deputy Mayor of Wodonga here. So let's give Brian a congratulations. <laughs> no, we have just so much to celebrate, and Annie, that beautiful carol um, just, you know, just fills us with the wonder and the glory of Jesus in our lives. Why don't we pray? Oh Lord, we thank you so much that you came. You came to earth in human flesh. You were the light that came into the earth, into the world, to give light to men. And even though man uh, that is in darkness cannot understand it, still without your light in this world, oh Lord, we would, we would never want to think what this world would be like. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot hide it. There is no hope, no way. And the beautiful thing is that when you died, you left your light to reside in us, in man. So you became light in human flesh and then with that same light gave light to man. And Lord, we give you glory and praise that we have the light of Jesus, your spirit that lives and abides in us. All oh, this Christmas today, Lord Jesus, this beautiful morning, may we shake off all that we've brought in with us that may be burdening us or causing us to be clouded in darkness and rejoice for we have the light that lives in us and we pay homage to the light of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Doug. Well, good morning, everybody. It's great being here in Wodonga this morning, isn't it, together? But I wonder uh, if you would be willing to come travelling with me this morning. If you haven't taken any travel tablets, it's okay. Just hold on to your seats. Because I'd love you to come back with me this morning. Um, come, come right back with me. Uh, not just a few years ago, but come back uh, 2,000 years ago. Let's travel, travel back, not, not 
Not there in Jerusalem, not down there with all the lights. No, to that little town, out of the way, just to the side, to Bethlehem. Come down here on the streets. It's quiet here, isn't it? I mean, it's early morning, still dark, and it's quiet as can be. It wasn't like this last night. All the uh, crowds were hustling and bustling right through the streets. It was so busy. But now, early in the morning, these streets are as quiet as can be. Except for that sound. Can you hear it? It's a baby crying. Why don't we go down this street here? Let's, let's, let's go down the street and, and get closer. I think we're getting closer. Here it is, an inn. Let's, let's go in. No, no. We're from the future and everything. Let's just take it easy. Maybe we'll go around the side of the inn and see what's there. As you walk down with me, at the back of the inn, there's kind of a, a shelter over the top. It's not much to speak of. And it's kind of fenced off. See the fencing off around this back area where they keep the animals and the, and the sheep and the, all, the, all the animals. Peer through the, the fence with me into here. Can you see the cow? Can you smell the hay? And smell the... Oh. <laughs> it smells terrible. But have a look. Can you see right there in the feed trough? Right there in the place where animals eat from? A baby. It's a baby boy. Can you see him? He's just freshly born. Just a newborn baby. Can you look into his face? Can you see him? What, what child is this who came to rest on Mary's lap and is sleeping? Who is this child? Who is this child? Jesus, that's right. But who really is he? Hey, come, come back with me. I mean... Uh, further back. Travel back with me. No, not, not here, not, not Moses and the parting of the Red Sea. No, I mean even further back than that. Keep coming. Come back with me. Uh, and even before Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden, come, come right back. Come right back. Right back to the very, very beginning. Before time even began, before there was anything at all, are you here? Quietness, stillness, before the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning.
Here we are. The very beginning. In the beginning was the Word. Do you know there was never a time when Christ didn't exist? There never was. Because the word was in the original languages that it appears here is in the Greek in perfect tense, which means that the sense of the word was is he continuing was. So, in fact, this entire verse could read, in the beginning was continuing the word, and the word was continuing God, and the word was continually God. You know, someone has once said, because of the way this verse reads, that Jesus always was wasing. This kind of thinking, I don't know about you, but it can give us a headache, can't it? Like here we are even before the very beginning of the beginning. And to think that we are only here as far back as we can think, but before even thinking and time began, Jesus was. It blows our mind. Colossians 1.17 says... He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. How true. Jesus existed forever. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word, Jesus, is eternally relationship in relationship jesus is return eternally in relationship john adds here and the word was with god literally this this says the word was continually toward god the father and the son were continue continuously face to face the preposition here with bears the kind of idea of nearness, closeness, with a sense of continual movement towards. So what this is saying is that Jesus has always existed near and close to the Father, face to face, continually moving towards him. Our minds stagger, don't they? when we think that God has always continued. Jesus has always continued without beginning or end in perfect, joyful intimacy with the Father. And John writes, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God, the Word, Jesus, is eternally God. The exact meaning of this phrase, and the Word was God, means that 
Jesus was God in essence and in character. He was in every way God, though he was separate, a separate person from God the Father. The phrase kind of here perfectly preserves Jesus' separate identity while at the very same time it's stating that Jesus is also God, that he is God. This was his continuing identity for all eternity. He was God constantly. The, the, the simple sentence of verse 1 of John is so theologically rich. It's just pulsating, this statement that begins John's Gospel. Jesus has always existed from all eternity in perfect fellowship with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. He's the cosmic Christ. And verse 3 says... Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing has, was made that has been made. Jesus, the fact that he is the creator of the heavens and earth, is just uh, attributed by right through the New Testament. It constantly shouts and proclaims that Jesus is the creator of all things. Colossians 1, 16-17 says, For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. In him nothing, uh, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. For he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Hebrews Verse, chapter 1, verses 2 to 3 says, In these last days God has spoken through his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through him he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11 says, You are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. And 1 Corinthians 8, verse 6 says, Yet there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things come and from whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. Uh, R. Kent Hughes, in his commentary on John, writes about the fact that Jesus created everything by noting that in a galaxy there are about 100 billion stars in the average galaxy, 100 billion. And there are at least 100 million galaxies in known space. Einstein uh, believed that we 
have scanned with our largest telescope only one billionth of theoretical space. And this means that there are probably something like this many stars in the universe. That's 10 octillion. Ever heard of that before? Some of you mass teachers are going, preach it, yeah. Uh, how many stars is 10 octillion? Well, this is how you can kind of get your head around it a little bit more. Is that uh, a thousand stars equals a million. A thousand, equal, a thousand thousands equals a million. A thousand millions equals a billion. A thousand billions equal a trillion. A thousand trillions equals a quadrillion. A thousand quadrillions equals a quintillion. A thousand quintillions equals a sextillion. A thousand sextillions equals a septillion. A thousand septillions equals an octolon. So ten octolon is a ten with 27 zeros behind it. And Jesus created them all. He created them all. Colossians 1.17 says, He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Come forward with me. Come back again. Come forward with me now. Come forward in time. Come right up again to, to Bethlehem. Come to, to Bethlehem, back to the manger. Come and look. Look through the, look through the wood. <laughs> Gaze upon his face. Look at the baby in the manger. See the newborn baby. Look at him. Jesus. Jesus. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Jesus is the word who always was, who is eternally in intimate relationship with the Father, who is God, and who sustains all things. Come again. I know we're doing a lot of travelling this morning, but come forward even more. Come. Come right, right forward to just this last year. And why don't you come to me, with me right over to America, to Washington, to an event that happened this year in Washington, America. This, this event was reported in the Washington Post. So come, come down with me into the station, the plaza near the station. He emerged from the metro at the plaza station and positioned himself 
against a wall beside a, a rubbish bin. By most measures, he was nondescript, a youngish white male in jeans, a long-sleeved shirt and a baseball cap. From a small case, he removed a violin. Placing the open case at his feet, he shrewdly threw in a few dollars and pocket change as seed money, swiveled it to face pedestrian traffic and began to play. It was 7.51am on a Friday. In the next 43 minutes, as the violin performed six great classical pieces, 1,097 people passed by. Almost all of them on their way to work in mid-level government jobs. No one knew that the violinist was one of the world's leading classical musicians. Joshua Bell is, a, is an acclaimed uh, virtuoso who fills concert halls. One composer said of him, he plays like a god. On this Friday morning, Bell played one of the most valuable violins ever made. A Stradivara, valued at $3.5 million. The train station provided good acoustics for Bell's performance. His beautiful music filled the morning air. A reporter stood observing and recording the event. In the first three minutes, 63 people walked past without seeming to notice the virtuoso. Then a man stopped, looked and quickly walked on. Across the 45 minutes Joshua Bell uh, played, seven people stopped to listen for at least a minute. 27 gave money. Usually in a concert, Bell gets paid $1,000 per minute. This day, in total, he received $32.17. At the end of each piece, there was no applause, just silent indifference. The master musician was ignored. People walked past musical glory without giving it a second glance. Except for two people. A postal worker named John, described as a smallish man with a baldish head. John had learned the violin as a youth. He recognised the quality of Joshua's, Joshua Bell's performance and stood enjoying it from the distance. Then there was a demographer named Stacy. Stacy had seen Bell in concert three weeks before and she recognised him. And here he was, the international virtuoso, swaying away, soaring away, sorry, soaring away, begging for money. She had no idea what was going on. But whatever it was, she wasn't about to miss it. Stacy positioned herself three metres away from Belle. Front row, centre. She had a huge grin on her face. The grin and Stacy remained planted in that spot until the end. Stacy told the reporter, it was the most astonishing thing I've ever seen in Washington. 
Joshua Bell was standing there in rush hour and people were not stopping, not even looking. Some were flipping quarters at him. Quarters, I was thinking. Oh my gosh, she says, what kind of city do I live in that this could happen? In another place, in another time, the night was filled with heavenly music and brilliant light. Never has earth seen such glory. Angels sang to some workers about a majestic one, a saviour, a chosen one, the long-awaited one, the Lord. His arrival was good news and joy for all people. Where would the workers find this glorious one? A palace? A temple? Would they find him in a concert hall with an orchestra playing perhaps? No, an angel gave the astonishing news. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. God with us. Emmanuel lying in a feed trough. Usually he lived among angels, now among cattle. He didn't have any splendid clothes, just the simplest clothing. He wasn't a mighty warrior, learned scholar or majestic ruler, but a baby. Humanity at its weakness. What a surprising place to find God. The one who made the heavens and the earth. The one who made the universe. Placed himself in the hands of a teenage mum. And the rough hands of a carpenter. God among the ordinary. Most people ignored him and went about their business. Only some shepherds who were let in on the secret of his identity stopped to acknowledge him and enter the joy of his presence in the world. And do you know what? Jesus is bigger than you think. He's bigger than you think. He's more than a baby. He's God. He's more than someone that we should think about just at Christmas time. He's not confined to the front of a Christmas card. He's the one who one day each and every one of us, when our earthly lives come to an end, we will stand before, before he made, because he made us. He knows the best for your life. Right this day, in all your stress, in all your broken relationships, in all your trying and failing and, and, and living your life, he made you. He's bigger than you think. Don't keep him far from you. He's bigger than you think. He alone can offer you forgiveness. 
He alone can bring you healing, freedom, hope, purpose, eternal life. Do you know, he's worth giving your whole life to. Without restraint, in total abandonment, Jesus is bigger than you think. And finally, Jesus is closer than you think. He's closer than you think. He, he came to earth because he loves you. He came to earth and he died on a cross. He rose again and conquered sin and death so that you can know him. And he's closer now than you think. He's seated at God's right hand. And today he wants to meet you personally. He wants to become more than something we know about, more than a person that we've heard of, more than someone who we really think a lot of good things about. He wants to become your friend, your saviour, your Lord, your master. He is your creator. He is the creator. He is the one in whom all of us have our being. He came to a stable in Bethlehem, out of the way, in ordinary circumstances, to lowly people. So you and I can come to him today. He wants you to be part of his family. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Many offered him a few quarters, turned up to church every now and again and said a few nice things, just kind of because he's a good bloke. Many totally ignored him, got angry when people started singing Christmas carols about him. Many thought it'd be absurd that, that God could come to earth. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. But to those who realise that God is bigger than we think, bigger than you think, and that he's closer than you think, he gave the right to become children of God. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. This morning, this Christmas, as you remember Jesus coming to earth, Emmanuel, God with us, give thanks if you have put your faith in him and given him your whole life. Remember that he's the creator of the heavens and earth and he is the one to whom you will give an account. And live your life in worship and adoration and wonder 
because of what God the Father has done in sending his Son. And the outworking of faith in him is that you're his child. And that as Jesus himself said, I tell you the truth, whoever believes has everlasting life. That's something to rejoice about at Christmas, don't you think? That's something to praise God for. Let's pray together. Oh God, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Thank you, God, that we can't just control him or keep him to Christmas cards or to a period or to a season. But thank you, God, that Jesus is our creator, the sustainer, and the one to whom we will give an account. And God, today we thank you that Jesus, you are here. And you're closer than many people realize. God, I pray that this morning those who have come to know him will rejoice and continue to allow him to be part of every single part of our lives. That we would surrender to him and worship him daily. And God, for those here this morning that don't know him, I pray that you would help them to take the step of faith and to put their trust in him and come to know this child who rules and reigns. We thank you, God, for Christmas. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen.